Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Last Life Podcast. This is my weekly gaming podcast where we use this one life to explore amazing worlds and discuss all things video games related. Tune in every week for new episodes and to support this show, please subscribe, comment and rate this podcast on your podcast platform of choice. You can email me any questions at amandamangames at gmail.com. That's amandamangames at gmail.com. All the various social media links, including the email, will also be in the description. We have a number of things to talk about today. I mean, there, there was a couple of big stories that just came out. But I think first today, I'm going to reverse the order because I want to start off by talking about some of the games that I've been playing. Uh, just because they've been, they're like really strongly in my mind. And I feel like this is a game that's going under a lot of people's radar. Um, and I guess I, I should preface this by talking to you about my history with, with this franchise. So I'm going to talk about Warhammer 40k or Warhammer 40,000. I, I, don't, I don't think anyone says 40,000, but whatever. Warhammer 40k. Um, I remember way back kind of playing the the Warhammer 40k Dawn of War. Or, or I think it was some real real time strategy game. It was something that everyone was talking about at that time, or at least anyone that had a a PC or like a gaming PC uh, was talking about it. And I remember playing that especially because I really enjoyed the Command and Conquer games and really liking it. I, I had a really fun time. I I don't I don't know if I finished the game, but that was kind of my experience. And I would always see Warhammer 40k pop up like everywhere for like all kinds of games. Uh, series, like just random stuff. I think there's like board games and stuff. Maybe, maybe there's like books, but there was just like stuff everywhere. And there was just so much information and content that I just kind of never really got into it just because you, you just don't know where to start. It's like the Final Fantasy issue, right? A lot of people ask the same question of where should you start? Where do you, where do you play? Even though all the Final Fantasy games are not continued in most cases, right? It's still a thing of like, okay, but you know, there's things around that world that you would want to know beforehand and that's kind of the whole thing the same thing with warhammer where i was like i don't i don't even know where to begin so you know what like it's all good then this game warhammer 40k chaos gates demon hunters just started popping up on youtube and just stuff here and there i just started seeing it here and there and i'm a i really enjoyed xcom i really enjoyed gears tactics so i was like okay i kind of like this th these kinds of games you know like the these like strategy, but more action-based RPG games, uh, Fire Emblem style. And I saw this and, and you know, it's, it's Warhammer. I'm like, okay, this is a series that I was wanting to kind of get back into. And it's kind of following this XCOM style as well. This is the perfect game to kind of get into it. And it's a PC game. It's relatively cheap as well. It's not a full price game. So I bought the game. I started playing it. I was streaming it a few times and needless to say, I really, really like it. Like the first couple of minutes for 10 minutes first 20 minutes or so into the game just the the cutscenes, the presentation the even like the, the set pieces of you know you're doing like you're playing this tactics kind of based game but it feels like you're playing a more you know cinematic uh, a video game instead just the way it was presented like that there was like a boss fight and all that stuff and it was really really awesome and i really liked it and then obviously once you kind of start playing the game there's a lot of team management a lot of a a lot of I guess like home building management like I don't even know what you would call it like you're, you're just kind of managing your ship and like uh, things around it you're talking to people getting more information about the story getting more more lore but overall 
the gameplay and everything is is just really fun. You you get four knights that you get to get to choose, uh, and you can take them in with you. You can always kind of like XCOM. You can name them whatever you want. Um, the good thing is when they get hurt or they get badly injured or they die sort of uh, during a fight, they don't die completely. So it's not like XCOM that way, uh, which I appreciate. Like I I do kind of like that. Uh, but like the idea that yeah, like they're obviously injured, so they won't be deployable for a while. Um, but like the mechanics and everything is very as what you would expect from an XCOM game. You know, you're moving them from cover to cover. You're moving for, uh, moving forward, uh, getting to the objective, whatever the objective might be, and of course, you know, using very typical things like Overwatch, using someone for 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 like to throw grenades. Uh, their weapons are are selected by you as well. Someone can go and melee people. But overall, it's just really really fun and really really enjoyable. The only gripe I have with the game so far is to do with the enemy turn. So obviously, you know, it's your turn. You move everyone, do your things, do your turn, and then it's the enemy turn, right? Um, sometimes, in some cases, there are a lot of enemies on the screen. So what that does is each enemy has to do his turn. So you're basically waiting for a good few minutes for the enemy to finish their turn, and you can fast forward. But even with the fast forwarding ability, it's not that quick. So I do kind of wish that there was a way to skip it or have a fast forward 2x, 3x or whatever the, whatever it might be needed to make it go by a little quicker. But that was that's the only gripe I have with it, honestly. It's just such an awesome game and I'm definitely going to keep playing it. I, I, I'm I'll talk about it again once I've actually finished the, finished the full game. The next game I want to talk about is Call of Duty Warzone. I know like I would not be the person you would come to when it comes to Warzone, but recently the King Kong versus Godzilla event had just come out. So obviously I got Trevor and Sebi to jump on and, you know, we streamed it and we, we decided like, let's check this out. And it was surprisingly like looking back at it now, an event that I want to keep playing. And I don't know if I'm going to be into Warzone fully and I'm not, I don't know if I'm going to be in, into Warzone alone as well. Like I, I rather play with people for sure, but it was, Fun enough that it surprised me. It surprised me that this was something that I actually enjoyed to that extent and that I would want to kind of play more because of that. So this King Kong versus Godzilla event or Monarch event, whatever it's called, uh, the, the idea is that you're in a team of four. Uh, sometimes you're in a team of three, depending if they aren't able to find someone else. But basically the idea is you're in a team of four and you're essentially waiting for these moments in in the in the in the game or in the match that will allow you to shoot at either king kong or at godzilla when you're shooting at them you're getting these monarch points as you rack up these monarch points you're able to use them as kill streaks onto on on other people on other individuals or other players uh in that map so and these these uh kill streaks are are really fun they're really cool because they they actually use these titans they use the use king kong and king kong will throw a big rock in the direction you want him to throw. And I believe in Godzilla's case, it's like the, the beam. You just kind of choose, you direct where that beam needs to go. Um, again, this could be my, uh, I could be misunderstanding how this game works, but that's from my experience of, of playing it with Trevor and, and Sebi uh, in terms of what we saw and, and what we understood. When you when you kill other, other players, you also get Monarch points from that as well. And at the end of the day, the, the story is the same the, the, for, for these games, right? For, for Warzone is about the last team surviving. So it's just basically about you making it to the end, to that circle at the end, and just being able to survive, that's it. So it just kind of adds an extra layer, which I really appreciate because, you know, Battle Royale 
as, as a game mode is kind of just getting, uh, it's just the same. And you can see many, many companies still trying to make a battle royale version. You know, uh, Halo probably is kind of doing one from, from the rumors that we've been, we've been hearing, but I don't mind battle royale as a mode itself. What I do mind is if they're not unique, if they're just the same thing over and over again in terms of, yep, let's just copy and paste it, paste this idea into our world. And that's it. Something like this with a Monarch event where you have like these two Titans that you can kind of sort of control depending on how well you're doing while keeping the same objective in mind is awesome. I like that. I want more ideas like this. And this event being successful might hopefully lead to more events like this being made by Call of Duty and by Activision. And I think that could be really, really fun. So I'll be playing more Warzone, uh, the Monarch event with, with Trevor and Sebi for sure. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm really surprised how much I enjoyed it, but I will definitely recommend everyone to try this out. I mean, it's free after all Warzone and everything like that. And just give it a shot and see if you enjoy this mode. And who knows, this might be the next game you play, uh, you know, and avoid playing games like Elden Ring or, or, or all the other backlog that, I mean, I'm always talking about myself because that's literally what's happening right now. I have like 10 hours into Elden Ring and I've not gone back in a while because there's too many other games that are either out or coming out or just asking for my attention. So I know I'm a very bad from software player, but I will, I will hundred percent face that game at some point. The last game I want to quickly talk about was iRacing. So iRacing has been great. I'm really enjoying it still. I, I just love, I I'm, I'm just like, I'm just like surprised by how much I'm enjoying sim racing. Uh, the last, this last couple of days or on Tuesday, whenever I streamed iRacing, I probably possibly had like the worst experience playing iRacing, uh, with, uh, the first matchup or the first race, uh, another player crashed into me and that kind of ruined my car, which had to be pitted afterwards, which obviously took me away from, you know, the, uh, the laughs, like people were just kind of laughing me at that point because I was, I was in the pit for a long time getting my car fixed. So obviously because of that, I didn't end up, you know, finishing what I thought I would be finishing in that game, uh, in that match. And then the second matchup was my mistake this time around where like I was doing kind of well, I was sticking around other, other players. I was doing a good job that way. And I went slightly into the grass, which caused my car to spin out. And, and I bumped into a bunch of people. Uh, obviously my, my safety rating went down. I came last, like overall, just not the best experience, but it's weird, like even with that horrible experience, right? Like I said, it's kind of reminds you of playing games like Demon Souls or Elden Ring or whatever, right? Like it's like a game that you're like, yeah, you know what? I did bad there or like, yeah, I messed up there, but that's okay. Let's go back. Let's keep playing. And that's kind of how I feel with iRacing. Um, I will definitely start playing more sim racing games like other ones other than just iRacing just to kind of, you know, add some more variety to it. But I definitely wanted to talk that talk about iRacing again to try and get more people into this game because uh, it, it has a very dedicated community that plays this game quite a bit and like loves this game quite a bit. But I feel like a lot of people that might not be into sim racing, like this is a game to just try out and, and check it out. It's kind of like, kind of like Gran Turismo 7, except obviously a bit more simulation-y, I guess, you know, and I feel like it's worth it to at least, at least dip your toes and try it out. I mean, I'm sure everyone does that with any other game, any other genre, right? I mean even for me playing like a game like Warhammer 40k, uh, the Chaos Gates one, the XCOM version, right? Looking back, like I enjoyed XCOM and Gears Tactics, but I never like fully dedicated myself to that genre, right? I was like, yeah, okay, cool. I enjoyed these games, but I never really finished them. So for me to pick this game up and be 
okay with trying this genre, even though like, you know, it's not a genre that I, I seek out shows that, okay, yeah, like there's, there's moments when you can play a game like this and be like, yeah, this is surprising. This is actually a really good game. And I feel like a lot of people seem to kind of forget that, that gaming and everything like that is so much about discovery. You know, it's so much about, hey, let's try this. Let's try this out and see what happens. So definitely try it iRacing and let me know what you think about it. All right, so now we'll move on to the news. Some new stories, some big ones uh, this, this week. I think the first one I want to talk about is the Nintendo Switch 2 problem. Uh, it was interesting because I think this was during a Nintendo investor call where they basically mentioned that the next Nintendo Switch or the, the Nintendo Switch successor will is a major concern for the company. And I think they're looking at it, you know, through a different lens based on the past. Like if you look at uh, GameCube, I think GameCube sold okay, but then the Nintendo Wii came out and it sold amazingly well. Wii U came out, did not do good at all. I mean, like they had to release a new console really quickly because of how bad the Wii U did. Nintendo Switch is out, one of the best selling consoles of all time, if not soon to be the best selling console of all time. I think it might be able to beat PS2's record, who knows. But they're obviously worried that if they move forward with a new idea, because if you look at Nintendo, right? When Nintendo makes a new console, they try to be innovative. They have a new name for it. They try to do something new with it, right? That's kind of their philosophy. So they're worried if they do that, people will, first of all, what happened with Wii U, people will not realize that this is a successor to Nintendo Switch. And also people will maybe just not want to move on to the new, you know, the new console. Like Nintendo Switch is doing so well because it is both a handheld and a console gaming thing, right? Device. So I think like, if they do something new, they can't take that away. If they do something new and they're like, okay, we'll have a new innovative like idea, kind of like how they did in the past, right? But, oh yeah, no, this is solely a console. Like, I think that will cause issues, kind of like with the Wii U. And it will cause people to be like, wait, what, are they the same? Do I need this? Can I just keep playing on Nintendo Switch? I think that could be an issue. I'm of the mind that they should move forward like the PlayStation, like Xbox and just stick to their current idea, which is a console, which is also a handle device. Just add a better processor, better graphics chip, APU, API, you know, APU, it's, I think it's not API, the APU, whatever it is, just stick to that. And honestly, it will continue to sell well, as long as there is a two or a three or a four or a five, whatever the case may be. The problem with Nintendo in the past was that they weren't able to differentiate between the consoles enough for people to know what the hell it was. And at the same time, they would sometimes differentiate the overall concept of the console too much that some people will be like, no, but I, I like the other one. Why are we doing this? This makes no sense. You know? So I think, that, I think it's such a simple idea, maybe for us, right? Maybe from our side, but again, like their, it's their design philosophy, maybe they're like, yeah, like we could do that. That could be an easy way for us to kind of move forward. But that's not what we do. We like to be innovative. We like to be, we're Nintendo. We like to kind of come up with a new idea. But I honestly think that that could be a good way moving forward of just having a Switch 2, just add a better processor, just up-res everything, you know, make it run on 4K finally, uh, so that, you know, we can also get Mario's mustache viewable in 4K. At the same time, another possible idea is that they continue having the Nintendo Switch like they have right now, Maybe they remove Nintendo Switch, the original one, and what they can do is have the OLED version and the Switch Lite, 
And that can be like a mainstay Switch console and they'll release games for that. And on the other end, they can have this new idea that they want to have and just kind of have it be as a, a family, like a part of the system, right? So you'll get your games on Nintendo Switch. You'll get your games on this new console. Again, there's going to be an, the, the issue, right, of they can't really scale up or scale down technically in certain instances if they're making like this amazing Breath of the Wild 3 on this new console, for example, then what about the people on the Switch? Like, are you just going to tell them that, sorry, you're not going to get that? It'll be, a, it'll be a weird transition, but I can also see a space where the Nintendo Switch console, because of how well it's doing, can be the dedicated handheld device. That is also a console that you can go, that you can view stuff on your TV. And then on top of that, they can have a dedicated console where they will have a full, you know, like obviously 4K, 60, all that stuff, where you can obviously get really good Nintendo games that will be, you know, taking advantage of that power. But I think the main issue that Nintendo still has is its third-party support. This is where then you will be able to get games like Call of Duty, games like Warzone, right? You'll be able to get all these other games that are obviously making so much money, like Cyberpunk as well, Witcher 3, or actually Witcher 3 is on the Nintendo Switch, but Witcher 4, for example, right? So I, I think like it could be a way to work with that. But again, it kind of goes back to my earlier point of they can just make Switch 2 and just add, you know, just make it more powerful and you're done, you're set. Then, you know, just give the d developers enough power to work with it and they'll be able to release any game that they want on it. And that's all you need to do. So it's an interesting problem. I think for us, it's very easy to say that just makes make a Switch 2 and just add uh, add all that extra power. But I'm sure Nintendo is kind of thinking about it and, and they probably would have done it if it was that simple, I guess. The next thing I want to talk about is Silent Hill. So Silent Hill is a game that I was quite excited for, at least the reboot, the remake, whatever it was with Guillermo del Toro, Norman Reedus. And unfortunately, obviously that did not come to be because of all the issues that happened with Konami. But recently, Apparently there were like a couple of images and information about Silent Hill that was leaked by a, by a few accounts. Um, I, I feel like, I believe there was someone called Dusk Golem that released it on Twitter. And like within, I think a few minutes or, or, or a couple of hours or whatever, it was taken down. Uh, it was, it had a copyright strike on it essentially. So that in a way is confirming, and I believe it's from Konami as well. So that essentially is confirming that, you know, First of all, there is a Silent Hill game being worked on and that this information is correct or these these uh, these screenshots and, and whatnot are correct. So, I mean, I think that's just awesome in all in all honesty in terms for as a Silent Hill fan or as a horror fan, because I think we knew that there was a Silent Hill thing being worked on because we know that Bloober team had some agreement with Konami and that they will be working on a Silent Hill game. Uh, but obviously, you know, it's been so long, we haven't heard anything. I was like, maybe that partnership came to an end. Who knows? And I don't even know if this is the game by Bloober Team. But the fact that this is something that's being made and it's something just that's just more concrete, um, it just makes me more excited that you, you never know, right? In a couple of months, we might be hearing about a new Silent Hill game. And who would have thought? Who would have thought, like, I mean, it's been, what, 2015, 2016? Yeah, 2016. I think 2016 was when we heard about the original Sand Hill game, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think it was 2016 or 2015. One of those times, right? But like that was kind of when we heard about Sand Hill initially and that whole Konami thing happened, all that stuff. So six years later, you know, who would have thought we would be getting a Sand Hill like news item pop up and stuff like that. So I'm kind of excited for it. I really hope it is, you know, what I expect it to be, which is extremely scary and extremely awesome at the same time. But at least we have some good news on that front. 
The last thing I want to talk about is Starfield and Redfall. So to go back, I guess, like I have kind of made this prediction earlier about Starfield potentially being delayed just because, I don't know, there was just something about it that was giving me the impression that either they want to take more time or that nothing is actually put together. Everything just kind of put together by with, with tape and they're just doing this to kind of, you know, appease fans and make sure people are happy, especially since, you know, there's no Elden Ring. Uh, El sorry, Elder Scrolls. There's no Elder Scrolls for a while, or no new Fallout for a while, stuff like that, right? Uh, and I was, I was just thinking, like, thinking that way. But of course, you know, they were like very adamant about, nope, it's coming on November 11th. Remember November 11th? That's when we released Skyrim. Like they were so, you know, adamant about that and the way that it was being pushed. And of course, now we find out that the game has been delayed al alongside Redfall to the first half of 2023. Redfall is the the game coming out by Arcane, and it looked like a Left 4 Dead or Back 4 Blood kind of a game, but obviously with, I think, vampire elements and stuff like that. Uh, it looked okay. I wasn't really that excited for it. But again, it was a game that was coming out this year, right? So I was kind of like, I was excited to check it out at least. But both of, both of those games are, are moved to next year. I think Starfield obviously is a bigger one. And I think more than that, it kind of puts into question for this year in terms of what, what, what does Microsoft have? They currently, unfortunately, don't have much. I'm still hoping for the fourth fourth and more sport seven to come out this year. I really hope it comes out this year because with my new rig and sim racing, all that stuff, I think that will be so fun. But um, maybe Hellblade might come out this year. I honestly don't know. They haven't really announced much, right? So it is it is looking a little empty. It's kind of leaving it open for Nintendo and Sony to kind of take over. If Sony does come out with God of War Ragnarok coming out this year and with any other potential, like, you know, maybe remakes or whatever, uh, you know, Sony will definitely have a great year. I know Nintendo already is having a pretty great year uh, and with Splatoon 3 also coming out pretty soon. I think that will be really awesome. So it is, it's disappointing because Microsoft is finally gaining steam. They're finally, you know, getting to a point where they're selling a lot. Uh, people are finally realizing how amazing Game Pass is. And the main thing was here, these are the games that, you know, we've made or our teams have made and it's available on Game Pass day one. And they've done that. I know they've done that with, you know, Halo, and Forza Horizon 5, stuff like that, right? But Starfield had a different feeling to it. You know, Starfield was like, yeah, this is a big one. I know Halo Infinite was really big, but obviously Halo Infinite has its own issues right now, unfortunately. But Starfield was that huge one because when you look at like games in the last 10, 20 years, Skyrim is a game that no one ever, will ever forget. And this is coming from, you know, that team. I know they made Fallout 4, which was huge, but obviously not as big as Skyrim. But this is a game that is, you know, being spearheaded by Todd Howard. This was basically Skyrim in space. They were doing new things with the engine. They were kind of, you know, work. They were they were listening to us according to them. So it was just exciting that hey, this will be amazing. We're gonna be doing all the stuff we did in Skyrim and Fallout, but now in space. So like this game was gonna be, in my opinion, their God of War, their Last of Us, their Ghost of Tsushima, their um, Ratchet and Clank, right? Like, I know I'm listing a lot of PlayStation games, right? But like, that's that's the unfortunate situation right now is that compare it's, it's hard to compare the two because we've gotten awesome games like For the Horizon 5. We've gotten awesome games like Halo Infinite. But on the PlayStation 5 side, you know, we've gotten Miles Morales. We've gotten Demon Souls. We've gotten Returnal. We've gotten Ratchet and Clank. We've gotten Grand Turismo 7. We've gotten Horizon Forbidden West. We might be getting God of, God of War Ragnarok this year. Uh, you know, like... It's just so much coming out and from the Xbox side so far, it's been Forza Horizon 5, Halo Infinite, and a bunch of like third-party exclusives, right? And 
like I I want to be more excited again. Like I I mentioned so many times, I love Game Pass, I love Xbox, but it's like stuff like this where I'm like, okay, but like what what is coming out that's being made by you that is being that's not a third party thing. That's you saying that yeah, if you have a PS Five, this is why you need Game Pass. You know, it shouldn't be a game where you're like, oh, you have a PS Five, you can get it for free here if you buy our five hundred dollar console, which is hard to find. You know, like that's a hard to sell. But if it's something like no, no, this is only available here as opposed to you can buy this third-party game on your console as well I, I i i don't know like i'm obviously disappointed I, again like like everyone kind of wants to look at the positive side of things right of oh yeah 2023 will be amazing okay like yeah like great i mean we can say that about everyone right we can say that about even playstation then you know if god of ragnarok comes out this year horizon forbidden west grand Turismo 7 Who's to say, like, we already know that Spider-Man is being worked for next year, right? Spider-Man. Who's to say Wolverine doesn't come out next year? Who's to say that The Last of Us remake or The Last of Us uh, 3, I don't think Last of Us 3 will come out, but like, whatever, right? Who's to say that all the other studios that are working on the Sony side doesn't have a game that come out, that's, it comes out next year and, and they won't have a better year, right? I'm looking at it in the lens of why would someone want to get an Xbox over a PlayStation this year, right? And that's kind of where I'm like just having this problem of like, you can't keep pushing this forward. You can't keep doing this thing of next year will be better next year will be better so i'm still holding out hope that forza motorsport 7 comes out this year like please come out this year and hopefully hellblade comes out this year like if those two games come out like yeah at least we have some good good xbox games still coming out this year and a good reason to get that console but if this year just goes out goes without anything especially like after you know like again like last year was pretty good but like i said like it's been a while since we've gotten that juicy xbox game you know, and I know, again, like I said, I know Halo Infinite just came out. I know Forza Horizon 5 just came out. But I'm just, I'm talking about something like Starfield, something that will just kind of take over the world. It's been a while and I'm I'm just really, I'm just really rooting for them. I just, I just want this to be a, a not not necessarily a war. I don't like using that like term with this whole console war thing. I, I'd rather it be a good console competition. I want them to kind of be having a good, almost like in F1 racing, right? It's good competition that makes those races exciting. Right. And like, it's about having mutual respect. It's about the races giving respect to one another, but obviously kind of fighting and you're going to get to the limit uh, before crossing that finish line. And, and Xbox is just doing so well that I'm just, I'm just sad that like this is happening. And again, obviously good, good on them for also delaying it. Right. If the game's not ready, it's not ready. Don't release it. My opinion, don't announce your game. Don't give a date. Don't give a window. Stop doing that. I hate it when people do that or when these teams and companies do that. Right, I get like obviously investor calls, investor relations, all that stuff. They need to do it, but as a gamer, it is so frustrating when they do that because at the end of the day, you're just setting us up for disappointment. And then when we get disappointed, you're like, "Why are you getting disappointed? You want? Do you want us to release a game that's bad?" It's like, no, we don't want you to release a game that's bad. And we get that you need to delay the game, but then don't announce it. Don't say it will. Don't if if it's an internal thing that you know internally that this game is going to come out on this day, keep it internal. Keep it with you only. Don't tell us about it until you are 100% sure. Or at least you're like 99%. I don't even know. But don't tell it to us until you get close, close to that date. Because I feel like it's, it's you know, getting more, all, all too common with so many games being like, yep, spring 2022. Yep, fall 2022. All right, July 1st, 2022. And then they're like, sorry, you know what? We're going to delay this game to... 2023 and it's always like a huge delay as well and it's like what the hell like what happened like how 
you obviously miss a huge chunk or something. Like there's no way you, you know, you, if you're aiming for like this year at this point, and then you tell us like a few months in advance, you got to delay it for a year. Like what's happening, you know? And that's kind of why I'm like, no, like someone needs to kind of have these conversations with, with these teams internally that no, we, we, we're not going to announce it until you're hundred percent sure, you know, look at fall for how well that did. The game was announced. And then a few months later it was out. That's it. That's how they should do it every time. And I, I'm, I'm just, I think I'm just frustrated because this is happening way too often and I completely agree with games being delayed, um, but I agree a lot more to the fact that they, they should just not announce these dates. They should just not announce any windows until they're 100% sure. And that's just how it should be moving forward. So we will leave it off there. Thank you so much everyone for joining. Really means a lot. Uh, please join me during my streams at twitch.tv slash amandaman. The link to the stream will be in the description uh, and I, I stream like every week uh, a couple of times maybe sometimes four times a week sometimes three times a week sometimes two times a week but just follow me on twitch and you'll know when i go live like i said i've been playing warhammer on there i've been playing i racing and maybe some warzone as well who knows right I, I don't know what's happening nowadays but it'll be it'll be really fun to kind of play that game and enjoy talking to everyone and of course you can always reach out to me at amandamangames at gmail.com that's amandamangames at gmail.com or on instagram wherever you prefer reach out to me and we can have a chat thanks so much everyone I'll see you next time. Bye.